As I record this, it is Earth Day, April 22nd, 2021. And my husband and I were married on Earth Day, 1989. That wasn't particularly intentional, but I have always really liked that Earth Day is our anniversary. And I've also not always been intentional about the Earth. I have tried to atone for using an enormous number of disposable diapers and pull-ups. We had three kids in pretty rapid succession, and I was not the greatest at potty training. But we were and are enthusiastic composters, and we try not to waste, and we're very enthusiastic recyclers, but it's never really enough, is it? There's always more we can do, less we can use, more we can reuse or repair, less we can consume, more we can learn. And when we think that way, it can feel very insufficient. We can feel very inadequate. It sometimes seems like it doesn't matter. This past year, we tried to support our local restaurants by ordering takeout. And of course, with the pandemic protocols, we couldn't bring our own reusable takeout containers for the restaurants to use. And so we have a disappointing collection of plastic containers in our basement. And by disappointing, I mean a huge number of them. And I'm not really convinced that plastic is all that recyclable, so I have been keeping them all here, and it's becoming absurd. But to avoid the plastic, we would also not have been able to support those small local Vietnamese, Lebanese, Indian, and Chinese family-owned restaurants in our area that we love, that we have felt like neighbors to for many, many years. If you ever think your actions don't matter or you can't make up for what you've done, whatever that is, this podcast is going to be about that because I want you to try on another thought. That's today's podcast, Trying On Different Thoughts. Hello, Veg Your Besties. Welcome back. Welcome to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week to encourage you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. And we're on Veg Your Best episode 34 this week, Trying on thoughts like Goldilocks. So the last two episodes were interviews with two different guests, and I really hope you heard them. Sid Garza-Hillman two weeks ago, and last week, Stephanie Dreyer. So we have interrupted our series on thoughts here at Veg Your Best by hearing the thoughts of two other thought leaders in the 
plant-based vegan space that I really respect. And I hope that when you listen to them, you kept an ear open for what sorts of thoughts they had and that they were thinking when they were attempting to accomplish things. When Sid was working on his third book or avoiding eating the leftover jelly beans or how he teaches his small steps clients. Or maybe you were listening to Stephanie Dreyer's thoughts about what's possible, what was possible when she was changing her eating habits and looking to support her personal ethical eating concerns while still showing up in the reality of a family that wasn't vegan and how she has coped with being the only vegan in her circle. Both guests did not have perfect situations. There's no perfect roadmap for their work, for their family situations, or their veganism. And they had to make do with certain circumstances the way we all do. And what they've created has been a result of what thoughts they decided to work with. So this has been a part of the conversation here at Veg Your Best. If you've been listening, our thoughts create our results. But what about when we have thoughts that just don't seem possible to change? You know, sometimes I get accused of being a bit of a Pollyanna, just espousing positive thinking no matter what the circumstance. (laughs) And that's not actually accurate, even though I know that is sometimes what people hear when I say that it's possible to choose different thoughts. You know, there's a wide variety of ways we can go about trying on different thoughts, sort of like trying on different sweaters. You know, sometimes sweaters just don't fit, right? You can't get them over your head, or you can't button the cardigan up in the front. Or when you do put them on, they're so big that you can't really function while wearing them because the arms are covering over your hands and the whole sweater may be hanging down to your knees. Likewise, there are thoughts that just don't fit. If, for example, you currently think your boss is unkind, unethical, well, you could try thinking he's kind and honest, but that probably will just not fit. And if you think that you're incapable of, well, passing some exam that you have already failed once, then thinking, oh, I'll pass the exam easily. Well, you could think it, but you will probably find it a stretch and not a comfortable fit. If you've been thinking that raising teenagers is just awful, then trying on a thought like, oh, I hope they stay teenagers forever, well, that might not be your go-to thought. It doesn't fit. Maybe you have type 2 diabetes and your blood sugar has been at levels that your doctor has informed you are dangerous. Well, thinking, it's easy to manage my blood sugar, how likely is that thought? for you. I mean, it could happen. Those would be examples of plain old positive thinking, right? My boss is kind and honest. I'll pass the exam next time easily. 
I hope the kids stay teenagers forever. Managing my blood sugar is no problem. And if you really did believe those thoughts, well, your feelings about your boss, your teenagers would probably be better and you would be on track to pass that exam easily and maybe manage your diabetes. But, but you don't believe those things. If you're playing along at home, is there something you're thinking that just seems true about a person or a career or a task that you're feeling stuck about? Of course there is. (laughs) You're human. So you've probably got a couple of those. Maybe an in-law, a political situation in your community, a work requirement, a health issue, a financial challenge or complication. I know thinking positive can actually work, but only if you can actually believe it. So here's where the trying on thoughts like sweaters analogy comes in. When I work with my clients, we are always looking for the thoughts that are leading to feelings, actions, and results that we don't want. Feeling angry or judgmental with someone. Resisting a behavior or action that might help our health or career. Constantly condemning others rather than looking for solutions or bemoaning our finances and not seeing what options there are available to us. And berating ourselves. Such an important one. Beating ourselves up for not having figured something out after all this time, right? That's a good one. We all do this. Beating ourselves up. They should be different. Avoiding sugar and processed foods is impossible. That test is unfair. I'll never get out from under my student loans. I'm just a loser, useless, lazy, dumb, unlucky, undeserving. You fill in the ugly thing you say about yourself. For me, it's usually disappointing. I think we talked about that in an earlier episode of Veg Your Best as one of my go-to self-accusations. And so we've all practiced thoughts on a variety of topics, and they just seem really, really, really true. No matter what I accomplish or how I show up in my life, I will probably always have that voice in my head saying, yeah, that was okay, but if you weren't such a disappointment, you would have done it years ago and way better. So it doesn't work for me if I try on the thought, I'm super productive and disciplined. Nope. (laughs) That would be positive thinking. But the thoughts I could try on are more like, well, sometimes I'm productive. I am disciplined about certain things. You know, because the minute I find a thought that feels sort of true, It helps me notice that that original thought, well, it's not 100% true, is it? It's just a thought 
that gets a lot of repetition and a belief I've practiced. I love when I hear my coach Elizabeth Salazar talk about a previous time in her life when she didn't even know she had thoughts, right? She just thought that those sentences in her head were true. I love when she says it. I didn't even know I had thoughts. I thought I was disappointing and unproductive for decades, and the thought still comes up for me. But now I'm kind of on to that particular habit of thought, and I will find myself overwhelmed or behind on something I planned, and I'll notice myself. I'll notice the beat down starting. Well, if you weren't so distractible, if you weren't such a disappointment, I notice and I say to myself, sometimes even out loud, oh, wow, look at that. I'm thinking that thought about being disappointing again. That's interesting. I'm thinking that thought that I'm a disappointment again. In coaching, we sometimes use the term thought ladders to help us with very practiced negative thoughts. So for example, I get to the end of the day and I did not accomplish everything or maybe anything I wanted to. And I can start with that. Look at this. You are so disappointing. And maybe in a perfect world, I would like to never say that again. And instead, always say, "Uh, actually, I'm very productive. I'm so productive. But in the beginning, I really could not say I am productive. I really could not say I'm so productive. Impossible. That thought just didn't fit. It was like a sweater that didn't fit. So imagine instead ladder thoughts. A ladder with maybe five or six rungs on it. And on the bottom one is my current default thought. I'm so disappointing. But on the top rung is that kind of aspirational thought. I'm so productive. On the thought ladder, we think of ways to get from the negative, destructive, beat up thought to a more helpful, useful thought. Like Goldilocks looking for that right fit. Not too hard, not too soft, just right. So for me, I'm so disappointing. Well, I played around with that thought for a while and I came up with a little addition to the end of it. I'm such a disappointment is just a thought I sometimes think about myself. I'm such a disappointment is just a thought I sometimes think about myself. Well, I stayed with that for a while because it really helped me notice that this was just a default thought. It wasn't a considered thought. It was just a sentence I repeated in my head so often when things didn't seem to be going well. I'm such a disappointment. It's just a thought I sometimes think about myself. 
practicing that thought one rung up the ladder from I'm so disappointing just seemed to open up a little space in my brain on the subject of myself and my productivity. And after a while, it occurred to me to change the thought a little bit more to sometimes I think I'm a disappointment and sometimes I think I'm productive. And I stayed with that one for a very long time. Sometimes I think I'm a disappointment and sometimes I think I'm productive. I stayed with it for weeks, really, because it didn't mean giving up my practiced self-accusation of being disappointing, but it did make room for me to notice that there was evidence that I was productive, sometimes in certain areas. So that was the next rung up the ladder. Now, I am still not at the top rung of I am so productive. I made another move up the thought ladder, though, with the thought, I used to always think I was disappointing, but I am pretty productive. I hung on to this one a long time, and I still find myself repeating it because, probably because it's the example I use with my clients a lot. So I end up reminding myself often of how I criticized myself and how I believed I was a disappointment for so long. But the thought I try on these days is I like to get a lot of things done. I noticed that productive was a word that had, well, it had a lot of baggage for me. It never really seemed to be achievable. And I never really seemed to believe my way into that thought of me being productive. Well, at least not yet. But getting a lot of things done, well, I like to get a lot of things done. That actually seems to fit really well right now. I like to get a lot of things done. That thought fits. So that's where I am at the moment. And maybe when it's time for me to really focus or to constrain on a single big project, that won't be the right thought to practice, getting a lot of things done. But that's what thought work is all about, getting really practiced at seeing how our thoughts are showing up in the results we're getting in our lives. And if we want different results, you've got it. We need different thoughts. So I have the result, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast today. I'm recording this on Earth Day, our 32nd wedding anniversary, and I have a lot of thoughts on Earth Day about the plastic takeout containers in my basement from a year of ordering takeout from the local family-owned restaurants that we love. And one of the thoughts that came up when I was down there looking at all of them, gosh, I'm such a disappointment. I should have cooked more. I should have figured out another way than all this plastic. It just bubbled up. I'm such a disappointment. Actually, we wanted to support those restaurants. And if I wanted to ignore that, yes, it's true. I could decide to think that a more productive and 
environmentally aware person would never have consented to take home all that plastic. But we made another choice. And I liked my reasons, not because they're perfect or right, but that's what we did. And I will undoubtedly see and implement solutions I like better about this situation with the plastic takeout containers if I'm treating myself with some respect and compassion and transparency rather than accusations and wanting that reality of the situation to change or disappear or wanting to hide from my responsibility. And, you know, I get it. We think if we're compassionate and kind to ourselves about the things we don't really like or don't want to keep doing, well, we think that we're letting ourselves off the hook, that we're just going to keep doing those things that we want to change. I mean, why would we change anything if we're treating ourselves with kindness and compassion? So many of us were raised with that way of thinking. So many of us raised our own children that way. I totally get it. We thought it was necessary. We thought it was prudent and effective and moral to condemn ourselves, to label ourselves, to call ourselves out. But I would like to suggest that you could experiment with doing it differently. Now, the old thoughts, they don't disappear. If you're like me, your old habitual thoughts will stay nearby to clobber you from time to time. But noticing that their thoughts will come more and more easily. Noticing that they're just thoughts and that you could try on a new one. And trying on a new thought is so much easier and faster and more effective when you have a coach who's listening to you. A coach who's listening really carefully to reflect back your thoughts and ask you how those thoughts are showing up in your life and whether you still want to think them. You know, I'm kind of a lone ranger personality type. I'm not a big joiner, don't really feel drawn to group activities and communities. And when I was a girl, my idea of a play date was someone came over and we both read books separately. If you've been listening to me for a few episodes, you probably aren't shocked. I am kind of a geek. I like reading and languages and learning and studying, and I do a lot of self-coaching. But loner that I am, I always get coaching from another coach too. Because working with a coach always, always, always brings something to my attention that helps me, always. Just this past week, my coach helped me see that I had an old thought about money that was keeping me from raising my coaching prices. So you should hurry up and sign up for eight weeks of one-on-one coaching with me before I figure that part out. I'm not really kidding. So my veg your besties, have you noticed? Have you noticed while we've been talking here, a thought you have about yourself or a current situation, or someone else that's creating a negative, self-fulfilling feedback loop for you, I would love it if you would email me with it. Message me on Instagram, maybe. Or best of all, sign up for a free coaching call 
by email or directly on my website. Let me show you the process of how we can ladder that thought together, how we can try on some thoughts to find that Goldilocks thought. Not too big, not too small, not too hot, not too cold, not too hard, not too soft, just the right thought to help you change your results. Whether it's about starting your side gig, going vegan, dealing with a loved one who isn't eating the way you think they should, whether you want to get unstuck and make progress on a goal that means a lot to you. And this is why I prefer an eight-week program with new clients, because I think in eight weeks, you can get an amazing idea of how valuable a coach who is just there to help you get out of your own way and see your own thoughts whether it's moving towards a plant-based or vegan diet, committing to your new creative path, or building a career, pivoting towards a new way of life, or like me, making good on your Earth Day resolutions to cut way back on plastic, you'll see how valuable a coach can be. I would be honored to support you, challenge you, and encourage you by being your coach. Let's get you going on the results you want this spring. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, And that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.